You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Hello, and welcome to the Serve Strong, Finish Strong podcast on the Mission Matters Podcast Network. This podcast is designed specifically for those in their 40s and 50s trying to navigate the rough waters of uncertainty. I'm Scott, and I'm your host, and I'm glad you're aboard as we embark on another episode together. My guest today is Richard Ward. Richard holds the Certified Financial Planner Professional Certification, has a passion for helping people pursue their life goals. He shows people new ways to use their skills, experiences, and resources to help others learn, grow, and prosper, and live a richer life. Once this new vision is established, he provides the financial and philanthropic guidance to turn this vision into reality for them, their families, and the causes they care most about. He primarily works with those who are about to retire or sell their businesses and are in danger of becoming disconnected, bored, unhappy, unless they find a new mission for the future. Or they may be successful pre-retirees who want to stay in the business world, but who are growing stale and perhaps unhappy from the same old ways and are open to new ideas on how to do more with their business or current role. He's also publisher, published author of the book entitled Redefining Retirement, Finding Purpose and Passion for Your Second Half. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. It's good to be with you. Now, there's a lot we can get into here. So let me start with a question. We'll dive right in. In the bio, it refers to you helping people live a richer life. What do you mean by living a richer life? How do you define that? Great question. Well, Scott, living a richer life is really about personal fulfillment. All of us hopefully will at some point or another start thinking about what really is meaningful to each of us and to start thinking about what that future could look like, what would be most fulfilling. And I believe it's oftentimes focused on helping others. I think that is oftentimes where we find some fulfilling opportunities and activities to really make life worth worth as much as it can be. And I think it's so often creates kind of this impact on the lives around you, you know, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, whether it's your community. But when we're really engaged in activities that seem to have that kind of impact, I believe we can say we are really living a richer life. I love that. I love how you define that. In the world of serving strong, we talk about six hallmarks of a fantastic fourth quarter. In other words, your 60s and your 70s. One of those hallmarks is being financially free. Now, how does a person's life purpose intersect with financial planning? Yeah, I I think that's obviously the next big question they often come along. Well, when we really think about and decide that we want to live kind of a purpose-driven life, one that is going to be richer in so many ways, it will necessarily, I think, create multiple goals or plans for the future. These goals will include family members. Of course, we all want to be responsible for our family, take care of the people that are important to us all the way around. But it will also generally create some some ideas and some goals around community, being involved with different aspects of the community, maybe in a way where you don't get that paycheck any longer. Or it might involve even greater support, that is maybe being philanthropic in one way or another. And so we'll start looking at these different ways of creating impact in the community and in our lives. They will naturally translate into goals that will have requirements that 
oftentimes will require money both to support ourselves and our families as well as the support we want to provide in the community. And therefore, we have to look at all those kind of goals together, see how they fit, see how they compete, and make sure that we account for all of them and that our resources are well aligned to be able to provide for you know all those goals and needs today and tomorrow and obviously down the road. You mentioned sometimes goals will compete. I want to stay there for a moment. What is an example of a couple of goals that might compete? What causes a competition among goals? Yeah, well, I think the easiest way to look at that is, of course, you know, when we're talking about our own needs and desires versus other needs and desires. So competing goals are not unusual. I, for example, might want to retire at some point in the future, and therefore I have a need and a goal to have stability and sufficiency to be able to do that in the years ahead, not have to earn that paycheck, if you will. At the same time, I may want to help my kids with college or buy a home or get started in life. And that's another goal that will take away from my ability to do my own retirement, obviously, if I really am intent on helping them out in some kind of way. And finally, if we're going to be philanthropic and provide support and resources to important organizations and causes, we will have to be taking more of those resources away to support those type of efforts. And so all those things important and probably very desirable when we're trying to plan out our future, nevertheless, will cause needs to be diffused into different areas. And so they are a little bit competitive with one another. And we have So therefore, look at all of them and make sure we've taken care to plan around each and every one and make sure it fits within our family's financial budget. Well, it's found it true working with a one particular client, which I actually interviewed for the podcast a couple episodes ago, where he set out on a five-year journey to achieve certain aspirations. And many of them had a financial component which I think is true pretty much of anybody if they're working on any kind of multi-year plan. And in the course of going through his first five-year plan, there were certain adjustments that he made. They were strategic adjustments. They weren't failures, but the reason largely was because what he thought he wanted to do early on ended up being so competitive with other things that he wanted. He had to face what's really meaningful to me, you know, and there's trade-off and things that you choose not to do. And you know why you're choosing not to do. And I would guess that it helps to have a baseline understanding of where you are financially in order to make those kinds of decisions, right? Well, absolutely. I think that's one of the real realities of life that oftentimes goes unsaid and maybe unnoticed. And that is that virtually every decision we make implies a trade-off from one thing to another. If we want this, we can't have that necessarily, you know, so so we have to look at those kind of things. Now, now sometimes that can be very a good thing in the sense of focusing our attention on what matters, as you just put it. When we're not scattering our efforts all over the place all the time, maybe we can be a little more focused and have a little more impact in a particular area where we do want to have that kind of outcome. So it is helpful to be able to do it and to be able to make those trade-offs. But nevertheless, there are. And so, you know, we need to know which ones are really essential because I can tell, you know, people look to live comfortably the way you want to live for the next 20 or 30 years. It's going to take so much in the way of resources. 
And if you want to do other things in that same span of life, but other things in other areas, supporting a cause or supporting other people, it's going to be a trade-off there. I mean, there's maybe going to mean less lifestyle for more impact on other people's lives or the other way around. So there are those trade-offs. We do need to be realistic about them. And hopefully with effective planning, which by the way, includes, you know, tax saving strategies and, and those type of things, we're oftentimes able to stretch that a little bit more. We're able to do a little bit more in the area of, of meeting our different desires and competing goals because we have been effective with that planning and, and thinking about it ahead of time. So yes, there are trade-offs. Hopefully we can oftentimes help meet both of those, at least to some degree. So you're saying we can't have it all. Generally, <laughs> life has limits, right? To it, none of us is lucky enough, very few of us, I guess, to have really unlimited resources. Right. And that's the world I live in and I work in day in and day out. You know, the really super rich essentially have those kind of unlimited resources, although I'm sure they'll tell you they don't. Right. But but from my perspective, most of us, you know, they're not going to have to worry too much about deciding to help, you know, the kids with college and also write a couple of checks to organizations they support. They'll be able to do that type of thing. Oh, and they won't miss any meals either. But for the rest of us, it gets a little bit more dicier or a little more challenging, I should say, to be able to do a lot of those things that we would like to do. And I think it's great to be big hearted and to have great ideas and want to have big impact on the world. Boy, I don't ever want to discourage anybody from wanting those kind of things. But reality is we'll have to have some limits and some choices on what we can actually achieve and hopefully make a plan around that. So if I'm living a fantastic fourth quarter and I'm financially free, I think one of the characteristics or adjectives that come out of that is generosity. You talk a lot about philanthropic endeavors, philanthropy, and it's almost like your middle name. You, you kind of, it's like peppered in everything you say. <laughs> Why is it that you personally focus so much on attention on philanthropic engagement? Yeah, great question. Well, from my perspective, the philanthropic world is really a place where there are so many people doing so much good. There are so many organizations that are changing lives for the better. And believe it or not, they not only change the people they directly help, getting food and housing and, and education to those who need it, but they really have an impact on those who support them as well and provide the means for that work to be done. And, and it has a real big impact on the, those lives as well. So they touch lots of lives. I think also I'm so attuned to this area because it presents so many opportunities for our engagement. Our time, our talent, and our treasure, all our resources that can be engaged in this world. There's no shortage of need, no shortage of desire for people to get engaged and get help out one way or another. From the very simple going down and volunteering a little bit of time to lending their expertise, their knowledge, their experiences to an organization, to obviously providing financial support to that organization. So there's just so many different ways for people to be engaged with that. Right. And I therefore think that oftentimes these philanthropic opportunities present really great opportunities for us to be helping others, which, as I said earlier, is really in my mind kind of the key to this living a richer life concept of finding fulfillment, achieving a purpose in our lives and, and being able to live that out. You, you sound like you have done that. <laughs> I have tried to do that in my years as well. Started a long time ago, you know, in a very simple 
manner, but gotten more and more engaged and involved with it over the years. And every time I have, I've received those great benefits of being fulfilled, being pleased that I've been able to have an impact on people's lives in one way or another, and found that very, very fulfilling. Realized that's so, so important for me and others to share and find out. So Yeah, I think this is kind of that little secret that's not well known, and that is the philanthropic community, these these organizations that do this work, touch so many lives. And again, it's not just the people that they're helping directly, but they really touch the lives of those who get engaged and find an area that they can support and believe in and want to be involved in for some period of time. It has a huge impact on their life, and it, it is one that is very positive. Yeah, the meaningful work, meaningful life, being both vocationally aligned, whether that's working for a paycheck or the volunteering, like you said, that you give, there's tremendous, there is a residual feedback. feedback. When you give to others, it's counterintuitive to receive so much in return. And quite the opposite is true. When you hoard, the, the more miserable you tend to be. And so I love this focus on philanthropy, and I love the generosity, the spirit of generosity. And that, to me, is what a financially free fourth quarter looks like. Somebody who is, they're smartly organizing their finances in such a way that it positions them to be generous and to meet needs of others. And when they can't meet needs financially, they have develop this muscle of generosity that can spill over into talents and time as well. Tell us about a little bit about your book. You wrote a book called Redefining Retirement, Finding Purpose and Passion for Your Second Half. What's the central message of that book, you think? Yeah, thanks for asking. Generosity, as you put it, it is such a central tenet of my beliefs and where happiness comes from, fulfillment comes from, and that type of thing. And unfortunately, not a lot of people learn that early on or have been exposed to that or experienced that type of thing. And it's really part of my mission to get more people to see the opportunity there and to do it. I wrote this book because as a financial planner, I worked with so many people that had worked toward this uh, retirement goal. You know, everybody had told them in our society, at least, that you get to be a certain age, 65 or whatever, that you're going to retire and go off and enjoy yourself for the rest of your life. And I saw many people who went through that cycle and financially were sound for that approach. I mean, a lot of financial planners help people get to that point of sound financial management, but they went off into that future and really didn't know what to do with themselves. They became very bored and disengaged and oftentimes headed downhill quickly. I didn't like what I saw a lot of times. I certainly didn't want that for myself as I got to that that part of life. So I started rethinking that and reimagining what that was all about. I had some experiences both personally as a volunteer, but also hearing people that had gotten to that point in life and talked about their journey, their search for finding something more meaningful to do. They didn't necessarily even want to leave the business world, but they knew that what they were doing was not as fulfilling anymore. And they wanted to find something that allowed them to experience that again. And they found it by using their skills, their experiences, their knowledge in new ways to help other people. And when I heard them talk about that and how excited they were about the impact that it had on them and on others, I knew that that was really the kind of future that more of these people should experience. My clients, instead of being prepared to do nothing in retirement, could get prepared to do something valuable with their time and their talent and their treasure. 
I could help them get financially secure and ready for that part of life. But let's talk about making that part of life the most meaningful, as you put it, the fourth quarter of life could be probably the, the best and most enjoyable, and most rewarding part of our lives rather than this period we kind of dread, you know, in terms of just getting old. So let's make that really productive by doing something valuable with that part of life. The book was written to show that there's two pathways, the traditional pathway and another pathway that you could follow where you can be engaged, you can find these opportunities, you can be rewarded in this way, and that it was available to all of us, and that, that we could pursue that kind of a retirement that would be a little more enjoyable. No, I, I hope it has touched some people in that way. Yes, and you know, you're speaking my my language here. This, in seeking to change the narrative of what it means to grow old, I too believe that we've been handed a scenario of what retirement is all about. It's the black balloons, the four and the zero, right? Lordy, Lordy, look who's 40. Over the hill gang, riding off into the sunset. That's just so counter to what is possible. And I think, unfortunately, there's been a large portion of a generation that has left a lot of fulfillment and meaningful life on the table because they reached retirement, got the money, and didn't know what to do with it. The perp, Their life purpose was absent. So I love what you're talking about. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get that book and I'm going to read it. And we're going to bring you back on the podcast and talk about that book some more. Love to, Scott. I mean, if you really want to get into that, because oh. it is an important part of, of the future. And we don't have to dread aging, you know, in our senior years, in our, right. as I said, second half, fourth quarter, you know, however you want to describe it. Mm-hmm. These can be extremely rewarding years, but unfortunately, our society hasn't taught us how to do that. We we promote, my industry has promoted this image that you are going to ride off into the sunset, as you put it. Mm -hmm. I like to kid that it's the people running on the beach you see all the time in the commercials, you know, (laughs) running on the beach is wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but, but you're not going to do that every day for 20 or 25 years and find fulfillment. You're certainly not going to find purpose in that. I don't believe so. You know, it is important to find those alternative answers and more of us need to ask that question of ourselves and others and hopefully get your kind of help, others help to explore alternatives that will provide the answers that are fulfilling and will lead to that sense of purpose. So that's the whole idea. That's beautiful. So where can listeners go to find you, learn more about you and what you do in your book? Yeah, thanks. I, a few years ago, created a personal website that I call successwithpurpose.org, just like it sounds. And that site is a place where we have a compilation of different things that I'm engaged with, organizations that I've been involved with, people who have done this kind of thing and have shared their stories with others, some columns or blogs I've written about these ideas and how to engage in it and why it's meaningful and so forth. So there's quite a bit of information as well as the book, Redefining Retirement on there for people who would want to get a hold of that and read it for themselves. Well, it has been a pleasure speaking with you, Richard. I thank you for sharing what is coming from your heart. I can tell this is something that is meaningful to you. It's not just something you're doing as a role, a job or that sort of thing. You really do want to help people find that purpose and live that purpose. Let's keep working on keeping people from dying long before they're buried. How about that? Well put. Yes. We don't want them to die in that manner. There's a great deal of life out there for them and they all should live it to the fullest. Great. Well, thank you very much. We'll stay in touch. 
Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. This has been another episode of the Serve Strong, Finish Strong podcast. I'm Scott Kokenauer. And like always, I'm grateful for your time. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and you've chosen to listen to this one, and I consider it an honor. Be sure to visit the show notes for all the information you need from this episode. And please subscribe to the podcast to get notified of the next episodes. If you know of anybody in their 40s and 50s who might benefit from the content, feel free to share it. I'll talk to you on the next episode of Serve Strong, Finish Strong. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.